morning, good evening, good night. Yeah. Welcome to the show, what a wonderful delight. Uh. Yeah, Patsy and T Ross, better chop up on the mic. Just sit back, have a laugh, catch a vibe, and enjoy the ride. Yeah. Today's episode is presented by A Game. Whether at home or at work, in the gym or in the classroom, success means giving nothing less than your best. Your peak performance, your A Game. And now there's a beverage designed to help you bring your best when you need it most. A Game is full of essential vitamins, nutrients to keep your body primed for action, and provides hydration to boost recovery after you've given your all. Bring your A Game, bring your best, and tell the world, bring it on. Now let's get into the episode all right let's start this episode out with the turd heard around the world the amber heard johnny depp trial i actually i i don't know if i've actually tuned into a trial where i've watched the verdict not since oj not since oj not since oj not since oj but i mean deadass i don't i don't know i can't think of anything else serious i didn't Bro, my, my wife has been watching this shit for like the last four weeks. And I'm just like, come on, bro. It's not even that interesting. She, then it, I think I started to lock in once they said, hey, she sh- she took a shit on this man's bed. That got my attention. The, the, the finger being cut off of the hand also grabbed me once again. And then seeing my wife has it on at 10 o'clock in the morning every single day. So when I'm walking through the living room. I see Johnny Depp's. And all those 100 rings he wears, and then Amber Heard over there looking like just super sus. I'm glad, man. They should they should have they should have locked her up still. I know that's not what type of trial this was, but I think that's what we all wanted to see. She needed to do some jail time. Oh man, yeah, it. I, yeah, there was a lot going on when they read the verdict. There's like four different verdicts, but yeah. it basically came down to she owes him 15 million dollars. No, she owes him, no. Well. I 10 think, or 12. No, she was 13. She was 13. He wanted 15. It was like 15. Yeah. But after that, she won't shoot because she had she the damages. The, the, damage, the damages the, were not. The yeah. judge kept him to 350K. Yeah. So, but like, what is she going to do for work? Like, not sorry, not work. What is she going to do to pay this man back? And does he get his career back after this? Well, that's what. So that's what I was. They were talking about it before all of it. Like, they were like, what if she doesn't have the money? She can do like file bankruptcy. But. It could just be like, you know, she's going to have to, you know, work and keep continually paying him off. So, you know what's so funny? They try to use, because I was tuned in every now and then, they were trying to use the fact that all of this happened to say that, oh, well, Amber would have made $48 million by now due to all these movies, but, you know, such and such happened and Johnny prevented that. And it was just like, all right, well, if she can make that $48 million, Go get that forty million dollars. You better have it by the end of next year because I went all fifteen or thirteen mil. Because I'm going. Yeah. And it's, well, I mean, well, it's, it's I don't know. It, it's not even the fact that like it's the it's not the fact that I don't think Johnny wants to take the money personally from her. No. It's the fact that his he career got fucked. Yes. Like he got he got screwed. It's like then her like her career should get screwed. Then like why she should be pulled. And that's what like there's a huge. I let's, guess they're trying to get they try to get it signed off to get her off Aquaman. <laughs> No, no, I, I actually heard that, and I wouldn't be because I'm not gonna lie. Because I'm I, the the only movie that comes to mind when I think of Amber Heard for me is Pineapple Express when she was dating Seth Rogen. Like, wow, I yes, that's the first time I ever that. seen her, and like, and based on that role alone, I didn't think that she was gonna be some Oscar 
yeah you know worthy you know actress but i don't know what the hell is gonna happen bro i but all, here it's unfair for johnny that you know he has to try to put his career back together but at the same time how many guys who get divorced you know having their ex-wives owe them money so it, it, in, that, in that light i mean <laughs> i guess it's, it's a win i don't know but i still know my guy to you know be out of work it's so funny too because like he's played in a band in like in europe when the trial the, the the arguments being read or the verdict yeah. and it's just like he knew he's gonna win i feel like i feel like he's just like Ooh, oh. we all knew she was gonna bro she lied about so much she was this, crazy this is the only way bro the only way you're gonna ever win a case like this is if you have all the stuff that he had on he had recordings which sounded like it was yeah straight out of his studio he had photos videos witness like all types of, it was just like bro it was tailor-made for him to win if he would have lost that would have actually been shocking it would actually been like mind-blowing yeah and he would have taken another hit financially because that would have sucked but what, what did he call the turd again i can't remember i said it the other episode he called it something so funny bro and had me dying <laughs> laughing what do you call it oh bro it's one of the just funniest i can't remember it oh uh, no worries. You're gonna hit me later tonight. And be like, this is what it was. You're gonna, you're gonna text. We were dying stuff. laughing when I heard it when we talked about it the other time. Yeah, but he yeah. called her so many different names that it was, and they're not like normal, like slurs that you hear every day. It's funny because he's like obviously he's an alcoholic drug. He's a eccentric. Too. He's a eccentric alcoholic. Like this it, weird. Like <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how to describe Johnny. Bro, in the trial, they were talking about coke, and he literally was like, "Oh, uh, I mean, I know what it is, but like, I said, did you say I a jar of coke? Yeah, he's <laughs> like, I wouldn't put it in that; it'd fall everywhere. <laughs> like, what the fuck? He knows what he's talking about, bro. It was the whole thing was comedy. You can tell, you can tell that like he was never stressed at any point, at any point. It was bad. Yeah, oh, bro. The people they had on the stand. There was one dude that she had that Amber had. Um, saying that he was trying to give like an in-depth analysis of Johnny's character, like his personality. Yeah, and he said to do that that he watched he watched all six or seven of the Pirates of the Caribbean, and everybody started looking around. He's and then he said he said strike that, and then they were like, like what the hell happened? And he was like, I didn't mean to say that. I misspoke. And we're just like, all right, this this is done. It felt like it felt like a VH1 reality TV show. Oh yeah, it's actually pretty entertaining. Just, just imagine if they made a movie together. <laughs> what if they made a movie together right after this? It would be insane sales. It would get Johnny back his thirteen from her. Oh, bro, it would not. It'd be the most controversial movie of all time. He would be cheering and protesting outside of the movie. It would be, oh, they'd be it all. They 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 say it was all South, set up. South Park needs made a make an episode about this. They should make a movie about this. <laughs> this whole trial like a docu series and they play themselves yeah and play themselves yeah please it is funny because like you look at the lawyers too I, I, the one girl the, the one lawyer girl now is like famous after this camila you have to be yeah of course you're not gonna be even you know, if you just took the biggest like you know case of her life and one and she's a, she's a she's a good looking woman yeah. Johnny, Johnny figured it out. You get a good-looking woman to defeat another good-looking woman, and that's how you, you exit. Yeah, well, right I'm there. sure you know they will stay in contact. <laughs> I'm sure it was. Well, Kate Moss. I think he took Kate Moss to Europe with him. I took Kate Moss with him. The, they reflinged it after she came on trial and testified for him. What was they were thinking, bro? 
What is she thinking? What is she thinking? What was she actually thinking? I don't. What know. did she? What was she trying to do? I don't know. Uh, this is ridiculous. It, it, it's insane that it's that yeah, like our worlds come down to this. Like we're literally our world, watching. Our worlds come down to so much shit that it's it's. We're 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 so enthralled in a Johnny Depp versus Amber Heard shit trial. I can't wait for the next. Oh, it's only gonna get bigger, bro. It's only. What do you think happens next from here? Who else, you know, is gonna go viral for something? Justin Bieber and 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 what's his name? Kim K and Pete. I mean, they've already been pretty, pretty on top. I'm team. What what side are you on? Are you team Kanye? Are you team Pete? Sorry, team. (laughs) I'm team Skeet, bro. I relate more to him. Like Kanye's a psycho. He's a psycho slash. Yeah, I mean, like self-appointed, anointed, like. Self-proclaimed genius. I mean, yeah. I just I don't. I just I don't know, bro. I just don't know. I never met anybody like that. But you know, growing up in in Oregon and Portland Northwest, I met a ton of Pete Davidsons in my life. So, oh, for sure. I, mean, for I sure. just I don't know. I don't know. It, it's crazy because it's like we've all been there when you break up with somebody and you're just like you're kind of oh, out. Know. You're kind of out of your mind. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're just like you've lost your changed. senses. You. you, you you could react to something in a certain moment that you would not react to in a different moment. Like if you just broke up with someone and they're with another guy, you might just, Oh bro. You, you might, might just, you, you might just, you, you might just move, you you might know, just move you, next door. No, <laughs> you, will, <laughs> you will flip in a way. Like it just depends where you're at at the time, what the situation is at the time. Like you could flip in your own house and no one will know what happened. You just punched a hole in a wall or something. But yeah, absolutely. the thing is, is like Kanye still has other girls and is doing all this other stuff. So it's like, it doesn't make sense. Like, bro, you uh, moved on. No, but he, no, he's not moving on. He's, he's not moving he's, on. He's but acting he's, super he, heartbroken, right? Yeah, he's acting yeah, like, he's, he, like he's remember Julia, Julia, whatever her, the, you know. Yeah, yeah. Julia Fox. I forgot, or, yeah, Julia Fox. Yeah. She was a thing. They everybody thought they were getting married. She, she is, <laughs> she's a joke now. And then he was just with other story that looked like Kim K. No, he's still with her. They, she looks dead. She's trying to look exactly like her. Bro, that's sick. That the is fact sick. That we know all this is worse. That sick. is sick. Bro. <laughs> this is public knowledge. You no, I know it's a no. It's, 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 it's exactly. Process. You go to Instagram. Exactly. We're we're that's our world now. It's and, it, what's, it's, and what's what's I mean, but at the same time, Kim is low key kind of doing that too because she's just like I just seen some of this today. Today, she was, today. Yeah, that she was today. just trying. It was just like a DTF. Thing. She's yeah, trying. she was DTF. Yeah, and but now she's in a full blown, you know, relationship. And, and it, bro, Pete's younger than us. Oh yeah, for sure. Pete's Definitely. younger than us. He's twenty eight. Yeah. So Kim's forty one. And he's like, I mean, he's pretty. He's famous. Like Pete is extremely famous now. <laughs> well, yeah, but anytime somebody gets with Kim. Yeah, but I mean, he was already like, you know, he's on SNL. No matter what you think of SNL, it's like, it's the biggest comedy show. I mean, it's not great, but it's... And it's it's unfortunate that, you know, all of that, but now he's going to be known. He's leaving. He's leaving SNL, too. But he will be known... Oh, yeah. ...for this. What's the the over-under of them um, staying together? How many years? How long? Years. You think think the clock's already ticking? It's June... It's June. No way it makes it to December. <laughs> Absolutely not. But shout out Pete, though. He's a goat. He he yeah. dates he dates oh. all the cougars, bro. He's he gets what he had Kate Beckinsale. Yeah, freaking. He's a sex symbol of that generation. Yeah, he, like cougars love him for whatever reason, bro. And you heard yeah. you heard him. Yeah, so you know skinny tats, BDE. Oh yeah, so yeah. 
Ariana Grande. Was he engaged to her? They're engaged. He's been with everybody. Bro, It'll be on, interesting bro. to see how he's in love with Kim, though, but he, he's got her kids tatted on him. That's okay. Hold on. Hold on. How he does not he... have it. He does not have her kids tatted on Pete. Yes. He has their initials tatted on him. Tell me what bro, you think of that. Tell me what you, you think of that. If that was your, if that he was your ex- Northwest on him, he has Northwest on him. Okay, cool. Oh, Northwest can be anything. No, 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 no. He like, has all of their initials on him. Like, what would you do? How would you feel? No, I'm not. If, if, if my if wife's new boyfriend had that tattoo already, no, would you go and say like Kanye? Oh. <laughs> I didn't know this. I, I would definitely wouldn't be thrilled about it. I don't know this, bro. They don't know this dude. They don't know Pete. <laughs> they, they know Pete because they just met him. <laughs> they know. That's such a funny thing. Who Pete? Because he has Pete. <laughs> yeah, bro. I don't know. That's that's very weird. That's very cultish. I mean, he has a ton of random tats on him, but yeah, he has... you can have all the random tats you want, but this one isn't random, and it's all right. I... Seem... Please tell me that you were wrong. I don't believe him. No, I'm pulling, I'm pulling it. I'm pulling it up right now. Here we go. Team Skeet, if that's it's true. He's conducting it's true. <laughs> Can you see that? Right here in the top, in the top left. Yeah, CP. Does he have kids himself? Heck no. Well, who knows, bro? She could be. He could be the Russell Wilson to to Kim Kardashian future, like futures futures son. Yeah, bro. He he could be on that type of shit. He could be a great dad. Like, you know, if you I'm ever not, seen the movie, I'm King not saying Island, that I'm not saying that he can't be a great dad. I'm, I'm not all saying four that step either. Dads. I'm just trying to hope that's what, what those this, hats is, are? this is the most acceptable thing, but it's happening so fast. This is this is weird though. I don't he know. also has a lot of random ass tats, so I, I understand. What that. does that matter? Random ass tats don't have anything to do with the tats that have something to do with about little kids that aren't yours. <laughs> that is true. That's like when you when you when you phrase it like that, <laughs> you start to see the red flags. No, like everybody. No, yeah, it's not. It's like, not. It's not. It's weird. It's weird. It's weird. Hundred percent. I would be. Bro. I would be hot. And it's on. They're not even married. They're. They. He hasn't even spent enough time with them to even understand what he, a, cu- he couldn't pay for her utility bills. F- oh, throughout no. the year, no, just for her no. one estate. Oh, that house is that house is huge. Not that she needs him to do that, but I mean that's insane to think about. So, message of the day, kids: Do not let Pete Davidson buy your mom. Significant (laughs) other, bang your mom. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. What what Potsy's man? What I said? Well, fuck it. All right. Well, we'll get into this interview with uh, Dylan Murphy. He's assistant coach of the Orlando Magic. Um, Very basketball oriented. Um, He's analytics. He's very he knows he knows a lot about basketball, so it's good to chop it up with him and talk some uh, actual deep basketball. We really don't get into it basketball no, like that. Like we, no, don't. we don't. This is not a basketball podcast at all, really. Yeah. So <laughs> I try to tell people that all the time, like, oh, you just talk basketball. I'm like, nah. This is yeah. We're, we're talking about six, seventy-one, whatever. And we're talking about this is our first, and it's littered with Skeet Davidson now. So I mean, and, we'll take what the, you will. And the turd hurt around the world. So the turd hurt around the world. That needs to be the name of the episode. <laughs> All right, no, 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 he's a bit basketball. We need to get Dylan on here, but the turn turn around the world <laughs> will be somewhere in the bio. Yeah, somewhere in the bio. Okay, welcome back to another episode of T Ross Podcast. Can't remember what episode this is right now, but we have a very special guest, somebody I've actually been wanting to have come on to the show for a really long time. Um, Dylan Murphy. He's actually Dylan. Just give your your own rundown on you and your position with the Magic because I know it's 
I don't know. I I remember one year you were upstairs with Cliff, and now, you know, you're helping me. You're putting me through workouts, so just give them um, a rundown. So right now I'm an assistant coach. Um, primarily I do, like, <clears throat> all of our analytics for the coaching staff. Um, and then, you know, just the regular coaching duties, some scouts, uh, player development with T. Ross and uh, with Iggy Brasdakis and um, – you know, just uh, pitch in where I can. But, um, yeah, originally with uh, when Cliff was the coach for the first two years, I was upstairs in khaki pants doing uh, <laughs> analytics from afar. And then um, uh, in Cliff's third year, he was basically like, why don't you just put your shorts back on and uh, <laughs> I'll make this shit real. So, Because uh, I, I honestly just remember Cliff would always reference you in practice. And he like you know, and because every every like morning and every shoot around or whatever, we were talking about stats, or he would come up with some obscure stat that you would find and give to us, and he'd always say Dylan. And I'm just like, who the fuck is Dylan? Like, don't <laughs> like I don't, anyway. But yeah, so then a year later, then you're just like down here with you know in shorts actually, and you're working out, but now you're kind of like giving the scouts and shit. So I was just like, damn. And then all the scouts like you know how Potsy, you know how like coaches are. Yeah. Like sometimes you have the coaches that are just like kind of like. The, the former players that just kind of give you like the basic rundown. Yeah. Like, Dylan gives you like step by step analytics, numbers, tendencies. Like he's he's the human synergy. Absolutely. He tells you one thousand percent. He's going right. He's shooting it. If he's going left, he's taking. And it's and, and you know like when people study stuff and they rehearse it. This isn't like this is. It seems like a like an actual interest because he just he has it on the top of his head. Regardless if we're playing a different team or we're talking about some random team, but. That's why I wanted him to come onto the show and talk because yeah. he's like one of the best basketball minds I've been around. But um, yeah. Do so, do you specifically work with Terrence? And you said uh, Iggy. Yeah. So those are the two guys that you like assigned to. Is that is that how that works? Um, I would say uh, primarily, but um, our coach Jamal Mosley like um, does a pretty good job like mixing it up. Everyone working with different people, and um, so it, you know it, it can vary. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know that changes coaching staff to coaching staff um you know, all coaches do it kind of differently but um you know there's always really good energy in the gym and uh, you know we all work together really well i think yeah so that's awesome so tell us a little bit about your journey and how you pretty much got here because i know that you i remember one shoot around you were telling me that you majored in which major in it was greek uh, in classics which is ancient latin classics. ancient greek yeah yeah um, and now he's sitting here on our show talking about, you know, he's a basketball coach. So tell us how you ended up in this position. Uh, a lot of luck. Um, I never thought like coaching basketball was something that uh, people like me could do. Um, parents were teachers. Everything was get your education all of that. Um, but, you know, I always loved hoop and like played in high school and whatever, but wasn't really good enough to play real college ball, but also, uh, you know, the way I grew up, it like, wasn't, that wasn't a thing you did. You went to college, you got your degree, maybe you got a master's degree, whatever. And then you, you know, worked some corporate job for 40 years. And that was that. Um, so American dream, American um, dream. It's American dream. Um, So no, I, I, um, you know, just, uh, got to know some people, uh, around basketball, I was doing some sports writing in college, and one thing led to another, and then I ended up in uh, Fort Wayne, which at the time was an um, independent D-League team, 
So like we had uh, 14, I think, NBA affiliates. What year is this? What year is this? This is 2013. Oh, so right after I got drafted. So this and right before, right, year. right before I got there. That was like yeah. a year before you got there. Right. Um, okay. At the time, like our staff was super small, and so by the second week, I was able to, you know, I'm, I'm doing scouting reports and all sorts of stuff that like I had no business doing, but. Um, you know, you get thrown on fire and the D league for coaches, especially is really good experience to just like be on the floor and, um, you know, in the NBA, you know, there tends to be more, uh, bigger staffs. Um, and you know, that's good for efficiency and good for making sure that, you know, we're making these guys the best they can be. But, um, you know, you get to do less if you're in the bottom of the totem pole, but in the D league, it was like, we had like four coaches, five. So you just, I yeah. went from, you know, like running shoot around to uh, putting the laundry in the back of my car and running it over to the laundromat. Cause I to to, to picking us up from the hotel for training camp. Yeah. To then like driving <laughs> exactly. to practice. So it's like, you, you know, you, you run the gamut. Yeah. Um, uh, so it certainly makes you appreciate the NBA lifestyle. Um, and especially at that time, like, because we were not affiliated with an NBA team, um, like we didn't have NBA team money pouring into our, uh, D league team. So, you know, that also, uh, it, through train some things and, but yeah, I mean, it was a really good experience. And then, um, those teams were good too. Those teams that you were at, at Fort Wayne, I mean, the year before I got there, weren't, weren't they the champs? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. We won the, uh, the D league title my first year. And mm -hmm. then my second year, we um, made it back to the finals. Uh, we lost. And then the third year, uh, Indiana became our, like, one-to-one -one affiliate, and we didn't do as well. Um, it was, like, my first losing season, which, you know, yeah. you feel like everything you do, you know, you touch turns to gold, and then, like, you realize, oh, wait, I'm not actually special. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, we have really good rosters, and that makes winning very easy. Well, it's, fun it's funny you say that because I remember my agent was like, he didn't want me to go to Fort Wayne because of that factor that they were independent and that they're every week you guys are drawing guys back and forth from different teams. Yeah. So it makes it hard for somebody like me that's not as high like priority. You know, you got draft picks from everywhere coming down, which makes your team a lot better. Like you said, you guys are able to pull all these guys. And then, yeah, once you get stuck with affiliation, like affiliate, you're, you're kind of screwed. How did yeah. I not know that that wasn't that you that it was like an unaffiliated thing? Is that still? Or did no, they... that was like the last one, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, one of the last one. Yeah. So what are they now? Is it are they Indiana? The Indiana, right? But at the time, or so when I first entered the D League before they rebranded to the G League, it was um, there were 17 teams. Now there are 29. Jeez, um, and there yeah. there were fourteen like one to one, and there mm -hmm. were three independents like yeah. the Iowa Wolves now, who are with Minnesota. Like they used to be the Iowa Energy, and they were just independent. Yeah, and I forget what the other one was. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, so it was a certainly a, a interesting experience. You know, you have like, you know, at one time we'd have three guys from three different teams on assignment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, and that's what it felt like. Like, it was crazy. First off, rest in peace to Andre Emmett. I actually got close to him during that training camp. Unbelievable basketball player, um, like unbelievable basketball player. Like someone awesome. I, I, I like just being there for those like couple weeks. 
um, learning from him. And I, it was weird. Me and him just had a random connection. But um, rest in peace to him. But just seeing like him play was unbelievable. He was an unbelievable player. And to yeah. give the audience some some context, uh, Potsy played in the G League at four. Well, I got Wade. drafted. I got drafted to G. Got there. Drafted. Well, it was it definitely was camps. the right situation. Yeah, I mean. And then Dylan was a, you were the coach. Yeah, uh, assistant. assistant. That's small, small, who, okay, who, small world. Yeah. Uh, who who is the head coach again? I always blank uh, on it. Connor Henry. Yeah, yeah. It, what is he up to? Uh, he was so he coached. Um, he was an assistant for Scott Skiles when he was the head coach of the Magic. Oh, okay. And then um, he, he had a lot of energy for being an older guy. I mean, I yeah. was on one. Yeah, he coached in Australia. He was a scout for a couple of years in Minnesota. But yeah, I mean, a great coach. Like I learned a ton from him. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Really respect him. <laughs> I'll never forget uh, one of the things I remember from the, my time there. We were doing some drill, and I like just made like a basic entry pass into the post, and he stopped everything. It was like, "Yo, yo, is that how you're gonna make a fucking pass in the game?" And he, he like did some crazy shit. It was like, "You gotta throw it in the post," and did like literally 15 different passes of how I could throw it into the post with no defense. One hundred percent like, chance Dylan does not remember this. Uh, no, one hundred percent. You say that? It's funny you say that because uh, Coach Henry said one thing about like post entry passes, which has stuck with me. Exactly. Stuck with me too. Like, it's just like throw it as hard as you can right at the guy's face. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and his reasoning was if you're guarding the post and you're behind, like you have to go through his body to defend. You're gonna it. foul. You're gonna foul. Yeah. And the offensive player, like he's gonna catch it because he doesn't want the ball to hit him in the face. Yeah. But, like if you throw it to their hand. Right, it gets deflected. You get bad post position, whatever. I always thought that was so funny. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, also, uh, I, I still kept, I kept track, or I, I don't know. I ended up with friends with Anthony, and he's on Muscleman staff, right, at Arkansas. Uh, Ruda, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember his specifically because I remember. I think I must have been riding in his van or whatever it was, but it seems like he's off. To, do you still keep in contact with him? Uh, I haven't talked to him a lot, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been <clears throat> with you know Must. They've been. Killing it in Nevada, grinding. Killing it in Arkansas. Um, yeah. So you know, I don't. Whatever he's doing is, is working really well. So yeah, that's awesome. Good times, Fort Wayne, man. What a great place, huh? Yeah, I lived there for five years. So. <laughs> hey, it's where I met my wife. So hey, hey, I'm not saying anything bad about Fort Wayne. It's oh enjoyable. You would think they've known each other forever. That's crazy. <laughs> um, all right, man. So, I mean, since it is the night of the first game one of the finals, which me and Patsy might be going to game four. So, yeah, we're, we're going to try hey, to get to game four. Let's go. Let's do that. Um, who you got in this series? Who you got? Uh, I've gone back and forth. Um, yeah, here. Tough. It's tough. Yeah, I would say it this. Be. I Like, if it doesn't – Go more six or more games, I'd be shocked. Uh, okay. think it's gonna go that okay. like really? It'll go at least six. Um, yeah, if you had to pin me down, I'd say Boston, but like this is really like, this is like 51 49. Yeah, you know, I this is to me, this is like a true pick em. I mean, they're both great teams, like great defensively, they've got the star power to score in the half court. Uh, you know. I mean, the way these playoffs have gone, just you know, it's just like one injury here, one injury there could make the difference. Um, 
what do you what do you, what do you think of that matchup at the guard position? I mean, you have three guys, as in you know, you got Curry, you got Clay, you got Wiggins, and then you got Smart, Tatum, and Brown. Obviously, you do scouts, you see all this. What what what's your thoughts of those matchups of those three guys? Yeah, uh, I think just like with Golden State, uh, what makes them so hard, and T, like you can speak to this, like they're it's not that any one cut or rip screen or split action is difficult. It's the fact that over the course of a you know twenty second possession, you have to guard it five separate times, yeah. and the chances of you guarding all that cleanly is very small uh and they're so good at it you know they know when to slip to the rim when to pop to the ball their bigs can all pass so you know like as you 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 talk about matchups i think you know that can be tricky because you're going to end up switching so much because of all that action uh you know i'd be surprised if like you know marcus smart ends up on steph curry like more than 50 percent of the time yeah it'll just, be, it'll just just by the flow of the game transition whatever you're going to be cross-matched constantly um i think but i think are, that i think the celtics are they're not i think they have the people to do that though as well like as you're saying i mean they're, they're going to have to get in those situations but it seems like those three guys could switch and play you know you're not going to stop a steph curry but have a chance at slowing them down at least yeah i mean boston you know they're really tough they uh I mean, you can argue that in their, you know, main seven guys who play, like they don't have a weak defensive link. Like yeah. there's nobody you can pick on. Um, Shit, Horford so, showed that last. I mean, what he did to him, mean, he kind of was putting Bam, showing Bam that old man strength last series for sure. Yeah, I mean, when when you know when you're trying to go at Derek White, like who's a pretty good defender, you know this. <laughs> if that's the like the weak link, which by the way he's not. He's yeah. a very good defender. Then you know you really kind of. <laughs> the average person would not know that. I, I didn't. I mean, I mean that's who I would have want to go I at mean, if I chose between <laughs> the three of them. But, I think I mean, out of everybody, yeah. I mean, yeah. But, like I wouldn't want to go at any of them. You know, yeah, like, yeah. That's, they're not a to me like it's so hard to play like bully ball. You know, like yeah, pick on somebody a thousand times. I don't think you can. And then, and then you got Robert Williams too, like. I mean, imagine the Celtics, they're going to stay big, I'm guessing, right? The same way they've been going. Yeah, I mean, who knows? We'll see. And then you, I mean, you go, what, and the Warriors are going to have Looney out there, so you have, what, Horford-Looney matchup, and then you got Williams-Draymond matchup, which, I mean, Robert oh, yeah. Williams moves his le- moves pretty well for being that big. Like, yeah, watching him last well. series, no, he, guarded, sure. he guarded, who did he guard last series? P.J. Tucker? Yeah. But yeah, he was Tucker. matched up with him. But, I mean, it's not like Draymond's some offensive threat. Oh, for sure. I, I worry about – it's the defense that, that's going to, you know, be the, the big thing, but it's – I worry about Boston scoring, man, because I yeah, – they go they go I, hot and cold a lot. Yeah, they go really hot and cold. Like, either Tatum and Brown are really on or one of them has it going, but, like, I, I worry about who else is going to step up from, like, really that, that bench and, like, outside of those three guys. Marcus Smart, like, even still, I heard, weren't they – like, what's their three-point percentage in, like, that last series versus Miami? It had to have been low. I seen, I might see something yeah. that was, like, maybe, like, 29% or whatever. Bro, they're going to have to make way more shots to beat that. Like, the last game to close it out against, like, Miami, freaking Marcus Smart had, like, three chances to, like, seal that game. Yeah. Long on everyone. And it's just – we all know he's not the greatest shooter. 
But like in moments like that, which I feel like they're gonna be put in a lot, especially playing the Warriors. Yes, a shooter, bro. Somebody's gonna have to make that he shot. To, there's not one person I feel like that can really hit that shot consistently outside of Brown, Tatum, hometown hero, White. Aiden Pritchard, hometown hero, Preston Pritchard. Let's go, Oregon. I don't know, Let's man. Go. I, just, I worry about the Celtics. I, I I got the Warriors in like five, honestly. Really five? I mean, no, nah, I, I don't want to say five. I don't want to say five. I, they might. Hey, I'm but, not saying their offense I, is stacked. That's what I think. I think their offense is going to be too much for, like, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, they do a lot of those actions, bro. They do a lot of moving. And even when they're not, like, even when a play breaks down, like, the way they run to the ball and they run to space and, like, the bigs just know to, like, all right, constantly look for somebody, flip it here, or just go follow. Like, I don't know, bro. Like, nobody in the East plays similar to that. And I don't know. But I don't know. I don't know. I had the Warriors. Maybe yeah. six, I think five, I don't know. It's, it's so interesting what you said. I think we often, we as a basketball community, uh, you often forget how important shot making is to results. Yeah. It seems like a very silly thing to say out loud, but, you know, in game seven, Grant Williams takes 423s against Milwaukee <laughs> and makes 419 of them, right? Like, yeah. You know, I mean, that – he misses five threes. They're probably, you know, that's a tight game. Yeah. Maybe something happens and Milwaukee, you know. Yeah. It's very the true. margins are so thin and, you know, the makes and misses matter so much and they change our perceptions of this team is good, this team is bad, this team is this. If Jimmy Butler's three goes down, mm-hmm. Miami's in the finals. What do you think of that shot? I want to get both of you guys' opinion on that shot. <laughs> <laughs> he, I mean, he's been on fire, so it's kind of like I, that's it's obviously he had a feel for something there, obviously. But I mean, I mean, statistically, it's I feel like it wasn't a great shot. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a larger conversation to be had about the uh, analytics of those decisions, which um, you know we don't have three hours to to get into. <laughs> it. Uh, uh, but I will say, like, you play. I mean, Jimmy played the entire game. Yeah, like forty-eight minutes, care, absolutely carried them in Game Six. Um, you know all the injuries they had. Uh, I mean, even the guys who were healthy and played played really well. I mean, you know they were just. You know, it's just hard when you don't have um, all your your bodies at that point in the season, and you know you just you feel like you're open and you have a shot to take the lead with 15 seconds left, and you know he'd been making shots the last couple of games, so. It is a full speed dribble up three, though. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, sure, but uh, <laughs> again, like the makingness of it, right? Like, yeah, it, the ball goes in. What, you know, how are you feeling about this? Yeah, you know, everybody's like, he's the best player ever. He just carried them to the finals, you know, like yeah, that, yeah. that. That's going to be the narrative. If you how much that. time was on the clock, roughly? Was it like 30? Was it, was it, was it less than shot clock? It was, they were, uh, no, the full twenty-four. Like they couldn't have run the clock down. Boston yeah. was in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean that. And they just got like maybe they, I think could. they had I'm like sure. they sure just had like three straight layups to get the game close. Yeah, so it's kind of like it was like oh attack that. Like I was like oh yeah. attack it, even though I want the Celtics. I would say Boston though on those possessions was trying not to foul. Yeah, true. You know, there was Very a couple true. layups where you know that. Don't yeah, do anything yeah. stupid. And yeah. you can tell how Herford coming down the court, like being the he back. Backed up. He backed you can tell up. like he was baiting it. He baited, he baited 100 percent And then 
you know, I don't know if it was a late contest, but it was, you know, a little flyby, whatever. I thought the shot was going in. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. I was like, the way he's been playing for this last whole playoff series, even seeing Jimmy working out after the games with the trainer, I'm just like, there's no way he's not going to make this shot. Like, and he's been having how many 40 point games that he hasn't had all season? He's had like, what, four, what, six or seven of them? Something crazy. But I don't know. With that, I, with that type of context that you give that he's been, you know, killing the last few games and all that, I'm not mad at the shot. The, I mean, in hindsight, yeah, there's definitely, you know, different, you know, avenues to attack, especially Horford. But I don't know. It sucks. Because right after that, stress comes down, hits a tough-ass three. And does. it's just like, you know, could we have – I don't know. It's just too much to speculate. But I don't, I'm not going to say it was a bad shot. Because at the end of the day, who else would you rather have take that shot? So and I was going to live with that. The forty minutes comes into play too. Like you could see it on Jimmy. He's been playing a lot of minutes the whole series. Like it hasn't been. You know what I'm saying? You playing forty minutes. You could see him getting tired out there. Like I, I I invisibly noticed. I was like, damn, he has not stepped off the court. And how many days has it been since that last game? Since in Miami? I think they played Sunday night. Sunday night. Yep. It's it's also hard to do. And again, like you guys as players can you know speak to this. Um you're not evaluating you're not dribbling down the court and being like well if i do this and then no. this, if i do that it's like he came down the court horford was backed off he said i'm open i'm going to shoot the ball like the the thought the thought process is not like this complex algorithm no like you don't play the game that way like you're reading I, that psycho i know defensively i would have done what horford did for sure i would have backed the hell up just cuz it's like you know if horford gets anywhere near him it's a dunk He's right behind for that. Yeah, for sure. Well, Damn. All right, I got I got a question. Since you watch film, know a lot of analysts. Oh, one second. Give 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 us give us somebody like that you've scouted that is just that kind of blows you off the like off the screen of like, but not that the normal public would know. You know what I mean? If if that makes sense to you, like someone that you you watch when you scout and you're just like, "Damn, this guy's very valuable that people just don't really see like on a daily basis." Ryan Arkady and Macklino. <laughs> I don't. I can't say. I can never say his last name. Archie Macklino. Archie Macklino. Yeah, he's a. He's that's an interesting question. He's a man crush. You have a man crush. I know you do. All the film that you watch is definitely one There's guy. There's got to be someone you're just like, damn. I, it, it can be cliches. LeBron, he's still really good. I, I mean, no, I, I want someone that's, that's not big where you're like, damn, once I get a head coaching job, I'm taking this guy on my team. Uh, for honestly, sure. the first name that popped into my head was a uh, D League guy we had, which was like the ultimate winning player. Who? Uh, Who? Oh, Josh. Josh Majette? No, I, uh, oh. funny story. Josh Majette was a, a oh. rookie. Okay. Um, uh, and like he had, you know, just finished his four years. At, I think it was at uh, Alabama Huntington. Um, I can't remember. Was that a small school? Did he went to a small school like that? Yeah, we had like no film on him. Um, and the first thing we saw was this like ten minute highlight tape. And obviously, you know, you look at him, he doesn't jump off the page, you know. <laughs> but you watch him play, and he's so unselfish. And he's a, I mean, he was one of the five best G League players I've ever seen. Really, uh, really, like Josh. way quicker than you'd expect. Great decision maker, great passer. His three ball improved as he got older. Um, but the guy I was thinking about earlier, as we had in Fort Wayne, was Sadiel Rojas. I don't know if you were there. 
I don't know. He wasn't. He wasn't there when I was there. He played on. He's played in Spain in ACB for the last five, seven years, probably. Where you go um, to college? Uh, he was actually NAIA, uh, but he was a six four, basically wow. a six four, uh, three four. Um, okay. uh, so obviously, you know, probably a little too small for the NBA, but. Um, Sadiel used to get like 12 rebounds at like six, three hit like 40% on corner threes played so hard. Uh, everybody hated him. Like every opponent he played against just could not stand him at least once or twice a game. Guys would get technical fouls. Um, just because Sadiel would, you know, like on free throw rebounds, he'd be like boxing them out super physically, you know, all those little things that like instead of turning to the guy being like, Hey, you going for this? Like he would just get free throw offensive rebounds, you know? Yeah. But he was like a total winner. Everything he did was, who would you compare him to? Who would I compare him to? On the magic. <laughs> no, not on the magic. Just an NBA. One second. Yeah. Who would I compare him to? Uh, I think of like a smaller, but bouncier, uh, Grant Williams. Really, I would say, um, just able to defend every position, super physical. He's not built like, like Grant, Grant is. Yeah, is is a lot thinner, but uh, one of the strongest. I mean, one of the strongest dudes at his size I've ever seen. Unbelievable. Um, he played summer league for the Pacers one year, and like he killed it, and then he rolled his ankle and couldn't play. I felt so bad for him. Oh fuck! But he's had a great career, uh, considering obviously like how many NAI games. An AI guy, AIA guys, excuse me, play you know ten plus professional years. It's true. So. All right, I got, I got, we got, I got one more question. I want to get. I like to ask all Orlando Magic staff players, and Terrence loves his questions. I, I just give us, give us some background on Terrence. What is he like? I mean, now that we have a coach on, it's a different perspective. But what's Terrence like on at practice, game time, all that? Give us, give us some. Give us some dirt. What's Terrence like? What is he uh, like? What is he like at practice? We, we always start anytime we work out, get to the court, we always start everything with like a five to ten minute conversation about whatever random topic. It could be about the Roman Empire. It could be <laughs> I remember one day I came to him about flesh mystery or flesh mystery pit, the mystery flesh pit. Oh, and I was yes. so caught up in that. I was like, oh, this ain't yeah, even real. I was so mad. That was ridiculous he so sent it to crazy. me he sent to me right away he said to me right away i was like bro is this i was like can you fact check something somebody is playing a joke and i was like oh my god it's not real i was um, so mad i want that to be so real but it wasn't let me edit your question i'll say what i really enjoy about <laughs> oh okay make it nice uh no we have very varied conversations about yeah non-basketball things uh yeah, quite a bit hey i read this article in the new york times or whatever <laughs> That's Terrence. That's the, that's Terrence. Uh, well, I, I'm also amazed by, um, like, for me to get moving and going, I need like a seven hour warm up, um, and he needs like just like a pair of socks. Shoes on. Yeah, yeah he needs a he needs a bag of chips and a coke, and he's ready to do yeah. a 360 windmill. Uh, that is always, you know, we we were playing in a. Uh, I think it was New Orleans this year, and you had like a reverse dunk on a on a back door. It was like a reverse windmill. No, oh. twice. I had one in preseason too. I had one in preseason. And I had one to end the season. It's crazy. I'm thinking of the end of the season one, but I just remember like 
I don't think you were having a particularly great game and, you know, like you weren't like moving very, you know, quickly in that moment. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, there's slam dunk contest. Terrence Ross just, you know, everyone has one of those dunks, like the bench, you know, and we have like great guys, but like the bench reaction, everyone is just like shocked and blown away at the same point. You know, it's. What's up with that backdoor play, man? That backdoor play has been there. It's always there. It's crazy. I every dunk, years now. It, it feels like every and time it, I turn it's it progressively on. gotten better and better and better. Like it used to be <laughs> just like, oh, I would, like it started with me and Vooch, and it was like the same side. Like they just give it to him on the elbow, and then he just yeah. go back door quick, and it was go like a quick layup. And then it went from that to like, oh, I got a dunk, and then I started getting another dunk, and it was like the same side. And then I started getting like, but we were in like a couple different variations of that play. But I know sometimes I'm always either getting the face cut or I'm getting a back cut. So. It ends with a big man on some type of elbow making a dribble out, trying to make it look like they're not looking. It's I always, swear, it's always I swear. one of the Harry Gomez brothers. I don't yes, know why. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Weird. Oh man, I've watched too many Magic yeah. games. Hey, if it, if it ends in two points for us, I'm I'm game yeah. for whatever it is. So. <laughs> a true a, a true analytic guy, right there. Yeah. I like it. I yeah, like it. I'm all about efficiency. You know. I like yeah, absolutely. It. <laughs> well, Dylan, I appreciate this, man. This was awesome. Um. Thank you for coming on. We'll definitely have to have you back on. Hell yeah. Appreciate you guys. Thank yep, you. Yep, always, Sorry. man. Appreciate it. Good morning, good evening, good night. Yeah. Welcome to the show. What a wonderful delight. Uh. Yeah, Patsy and T-Rods. Better chop up on the mic. Just sit back, have a laugh, catch a vibe, and enjoy the ride. Yeah.